Bill Michael Show, hour number three. I want to welcome in all of you listening on WDUZ up in uh, Green Bay, but apparently they're having technical issues today, so I don't know if the program's on yet or not, but it will be rather soon. Joining here in studio, really kind of his joint, uh, we're just kind of invading it for the time being, Dan Casper from uh, WAYY and Sports Talk 105.1 joining us. How you been, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I've been better after watching the game yesterday. I've right. seen better days, but uh, kind of a kind of a puker. So uh, give me... Give me Eau Claire's reaction this morning when you went on the air and had mm-hmm. to say, oh, by the way, did you watch that game yesterday? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I was a little, I mean, there's frustration levels to it, but honestly, it was the, the majority, which kind of surprised me in a good way. Week one, let's let's not throw the towel right. in correct all the way yet. So, But a, obviously a lot of frustrations. I think mostly it was, you know, defensively, we've been hearing about this defense all offseason, preseason, training camp, and that sort of thing, and you know, to see what Justin Jefferson did to, to that defense, a lot of questions about why wasn't Jair shadowing him. And and then offensively, too, it was just I think there was a little bit more like, okay, we knew the offense was going to have its ups and downs, but Aaron Jones only touching the ball eight times last right. night. And then you kind of look at the percentages, like A.J. Dillon only playing 51% of the snaps. Aaron Jones was 61. You know, if you want to get your best 11 out there, that's not getting your best 11 out there. And they had put those two in the backfield so often together throughout training camp right we saw and you thought you'd see more of that now maybe they just didn't want to open up the entire playbook obviously in week one but you thought you'd see a little bit more of that yeah exactly i mean we saw a couple times you know one they'd be both lined up in the backfield and motion out and then you kind of take away a defender and that i thought okay you know we're going to see that a little bit more considering the issues with with the receiving department and you know, I know in the telecast, I thought Greg Olson did a great job explaining what Minnesota was doing with their linebackers, how deep they were dropping them, and you'd think maybe utilizing Aaron Jones yeah. a little bit more that way or the shorter passing game, but 16 more to go. Hopefully we're, it's not going to be 16 more of these, uh, oh, man. God, yeah, I don't think we could stomach that. It would be welcome to the 80s if that happened. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, had a couple of misses yesterday. The Christian Watson, yeah. obviously, th- that drop, uh, there was a couple of – you know, what he called mental mistakes. Um, thoughts on Rodgers and the way he conducted himself yesterday, what he did, what he said. Yeah, Because body he's language. getting a lot of criticism today. You know, body language was a big thing, and you can see it all across the, the sideline. I mean, I, I think it's typical Aaron Rodgers, to, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's done doing anything different that we haven't seen him right. do in, in, since he's been there. You know, he holds everybody to a high standard, um, especially the youngsters, and – you know, there was a lot of questions whether did he go back to Christian Watson or not. So, you know, I know they had the end around right away early to, to try to get him involved. But I, I don't think there's anything different that what we saw from Aaron's reaction that we haven't seen in all the years with Aaron. So it didn't really surprise me with the reaction. He just, you know, I don't know him personally, but from everything that we've heard from him and others like mm-hmm. yourself and that, it's not that big of a surprise, so yeah. I, I guess I'm not too too shocked about it. The argument is they should have played in the preseason, and yeah. you know others will say, well, you know, I, I went back to well, Minnesota didn't, but Minnesota had all the same weapons, right. had just one replacement really on on offense on the offensive line, other than getting Christian Darrisaw back and getting him healthy. There's other than learning the new offense under their new coach, you know, Kevin O'Connell. There was nothing new there for the Packers. You had a new offensive line. You had new guys to indoctrinate. You obviously have three rookie wide receivers. You're without your top security blanket. 
you know, Al Lazard is, is hurt out of the shoot. I, to me, it might have been beneficial to at least get a few more looks mm-hmm. on film. I, I get it, you know, but I, I said at the beginning of the show, there was all the don'ts. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play in the preseason. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers doesn't like joint practices. He doesn't want to come to OTAs. He doesn't even believe in the offseason. Right. And he said, oh, Cobby will coach him up. Does right. all so, of that come back to bite him in the ass I now? think, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about that yesterday with, you know, how he was missing OTAs and all right. that. And it's like, okay, you want to develop that chemistry. Take some ownership in it yourself. That's exactly right. You know, and, and put in the extra work. And was it uh, after, you know, the lockout when he was like, I think after they beat the Saints, he's like, can you imagine how many points we would have put up if we would have had offseason workouts? Right. You know that sarcastic response a little bit right. there, but it's kind of because I think Drew Brees and the and the Saints were doing it or something like that. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, you, you're holding these players to such a high level to try to put them up at, on this pedestal, but you got to give something with that too. You mm-hmm. you got to take some ownership with that too. And I was thinking about that yesterday. It's like, well, what about that time you missed in OTAs? You know, what about this? And you know, do you want to get out there in preseason and? Anybody who knows me around here, I am the biggest preseason football fan, Bill. So (laughs) I love preseason. I I got to take my kid to his first Packers game, so that's why I love preseason and all that. But, you know, do I want them playing a half in that? No. But there is value in it. Like, I agree with him, though, too. Like, if he's going to play, you got to play him a quarter. Right, right. you got to play him that. You can't play one series and, like, hand the ball off three times and you go sit down. But he's got to take ownership of that. There's no doubt about that. Now, the other side of the coin is, and I I actually ran into him yesterday. He came up and said, hi, was uh, Brian Gutekinst. Hmm. And did Gutekinst do enough to fortify the roster for weapons for Rodgers? It's a good look at Julio Jones, what he was doing last night yeah. for, for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. And he looked pretty sharp yeah. uh, for, for Tom Brady. You know, there's that question, too. I mean, you know, you look out, there's still some wide receivers. Uh, Will Fuller, I guess, is out there yet. Yeah. And he's got the connection with LaFleur. You know, Odell, he's going to be a few weeks away yet, uh, right. depending on that, that ACL injury. There's a case to be made there. And you, you look at it. But at the same time, too, it's like, you know, Aaron talked a lot about Sammy Watkins and how well he was practicing. He's got his guy, Randall Cobb. Bob Tunyon is back. Mm-hmm. We didn't see them a whole lot, though, yesterday either. Right. You know, he didn't really go, and whether that was game planning and all that, but, you know, he, even last year, getting Cobby back, we didn't see a whole lot outside a couple of games, and I know Cobb got injured there. But, you know, he's the, the thing to me to watch, and I mentioned it before game one, was if there was going to be some hiccups with these youngsters, is he going to start to zone in on his guys a little bit more? Because we've been hearing about spreading the ball around a little bit more. But if we have more issues of a Christian Watson drop or anything like that, does he start to kind of revert and hone in on Alan Lazard when he comes right. back or or Tunyon or something like that instead of spreading the ball around a little bit? The argument to no preseason and losing Devontae and personnel is you look at what Kansas City did. They lose yeah. Tariq Hill. They pick up MVS. They've already got Juju. They picked up Juju yep. Smith-Schuster. Uh, they picked up Sky Moore in the draft. Mm. Yesterday, five touchdown passes over 300 yards. Yep. They still have Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the game. So I, I don't want to discount that. But Patrick Mahomes did it. Yep. You know, I mean, it can be done. And now, again, Travis Kelsey's one of the best as opposed to, you know, having Robert Tanya mm-hmm. coming back off of an ACL. But it's drastically two different teams. Oh, absolutely. Drastically two different teams. Mm-hmm. And it, even Patrick Mahomes said we left a lot out on the field that we could have scored yep. on. So on one hand, you got Rodgers saying, well, I don't know if I have enough personnel. On the other hand, you've got an organization saying we're still going to go for it. Mm-hmm. He's still making a ton of money because Patrick Mahomes is making a lot of money too. And uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he's they they all went and 
worked out in OTAs yeah. and did everything together because he had a new staff, a new system, and mm-hmm. it certainly reaped dividends yesterday. One, yeah. Five touchdowns versus one yeah. interception. And look at it, I think, was it uh, Ron Wolf back in the day when Favre was there? He said one of his regrets was not surrounding Favre with more talent. Right. With wide receivers. Absolutely. He said it over and over again. Yeah. Yep. So, and you kind of look at this, and it's like, Okay, now. You know, but, but you understand the circumstances because, and I, I kind of broke this down last night because everybody said, well, Rodgers took all the money. It's not that he took the money, it's that he took the time. Mm-hmm. Because Devontae wanted a contract last year. Had you gotten this deal done last year, Devontae's still here. Yeah. But when you made him wait and he had time to really kind of look at the circumstances, he wants a gold jacket. Right. And when he left and had that press conference and said, I love Jordan, but. Mm-hmm. That was all I needed to know because he just was basically saying he's not the guy. He's not once Aaron's gone, he's not the guy. Right. So I'm not going to get those gold gold jacket numbers. Right. And to me, that spoke really loud. Mm-hmm. So Rogers taking his time to figure out what he wanted to do, and not being able to give all the money to Devonte because they didn't know how much money it was going to take to keep Rogers around. Mm-hmm. That even though Rogers signed and technically he made less money this year and such and less against the cap, but the timing of it was poor. Yeah. It was, on one hand, extremely selfish. And that also hand, handicapped uh, Brian Gutekinds for what he could do. Right. Or couldn't do. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, a good term. point. Yeah, the, the timing of everything. And, you know, because we kept hearing from him, it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. And that, and it started to get a little bit longer yeah. and longer and longer. And it's like, okay, are they secretly working out a deal, you know, behind the scenes with Devontae right. and that sort of thing. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the timing of everything. and. You can kind of go back to some of Devontae's comments last year, and maybe we see yeah. the writing on the wall at that point. Yep. You know, and look at where we're at right now. Fox is putting up graphics during the game. Here's Devontae's receiving numbers. Here's Green Bay's receiving right. numbers. Yeah. And it's not even close. No, it, it wasn't even it wasn't even the same ballpark. Talking with Dan Casper out here at WAYY, host of the Dan Casper Show on 105.1 Sports Talk here in Eau Claire. So now moving forward, uh, you start to look at the Chicago game. Chicago – what an ugly game yesterday, but what a fun game to watch. I mean, right. I, I love those slop mutter games. But that being said, they showed some tenacity. They mm-hmm. were able to run the ball with Justin Fields, which, by the way, needs a shadow. I would assume Quay Walker might be that guy. But that being said, you, you've got you've to play better. You've got to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers. Do you bring back David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins in this game to get them ready for Tampa Bay in a couple of weeks? That's, a, that's an interesting point, too, because, you know, the, the talk is Bakhtiari is going to be out this week, but then do you want to throw him out there against Tampa Bay right away? Do you want to knock the rust off against right. Chicago on your own turf? I think there's some value to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, personally, as a fan on the outside sitting in, Heck yeah, you know I right. want sixty nine and Elton out there too. And I think the other question is with with Runyon out with with concussion, assuming right. if he misses, you know Zach Tom, you know in preseason he was the highest graded rookie for pass protection. Do you move him at right tackle or right. something like that instead of guard and and push Royce Newman back in there? Who my money was wasn't that great yesterday, no. allowing a lot of the pressures there. But I think, you know, you, you seriously have to think about that. Maybe they thought, hey, we could get this win without them in yeah. Minnesota. We know we can get that win against Chicago and have a two-game lead or two up, two-nothing against Tampa Bay. That's changed now. And I right. think seeing what we saw yesterday, Aaron got hit quite a bit too. Do yeah. you want to do that another game potentially? He got crushed yeah. when everybody met at the quarterback mm-hmm. in that, what I think was the third quarter. Is yeah. when he ended up going down. I thought the irony was he was drinking purple Gatorade on the sideline. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I still, I, he got crushed. Uh, and Runyon was the one who got the concussion in that. Yeah, hit, so. well, that and the fact that the right side of the offensive line, Jake Hansen was not good. No. Like you said, Royce getting bounced out. The tackle wasn't the play there. And it finally stabilized a little bit when Zach Tom came in. Yeah. 
and played a little bit better. So I, I wonder if that's the, the lineup they're going to end up going with. And then you got to wonder now about Runyon. Yeah. If Runyon's down for any length of time, then you're really starting to kind of shuffle the offensive line. Exactly. Because you're carrying two guys who can't play, or at least you're not going to play. Plus, mm-hmm. you've got another one down. You're now really thin on that offensive line. Yeah. And you mentioned Quay Walker. I hope that shoulder's not anything too right. serious. And I just Well, thought... I watched him yesterday. I specifically just focused. The, the rest of the game was going on. I specifically focused on the blue tent. And he came out. He was fine. He looked okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like moving his shoulder or anything like that. He was sitting on the bench. He was looking for his helmet. Okay. And they didn't want to give it to him, but he was looking for his helmet. He's like, no, I'm good. He was kind of telling uh, Red Batty. I saw Red Batty come past him. He was t- kind of telling Red, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then a trainer came over, and they were talking to him and everything, and he kind of moved his shoulder, and he kind of nodded his head like, I'm fine. I'm, uh, don't worry about it. Okay. So we'll wait and see today brings yeah but it seemed like if he like he really wanted to go back into that ball game well that's huge because barnes is going to miss time and then you kind of question that depth at that spot that was the one area you started talking about the uh the linebackers you couldn't afford a lot of injuries yeah and you get two in the very first game special teams wise what'd you what'd you think yesterday pat o'donnell a consistent punter that gets it within the 20 damn near got blocked twice yesterday too exactly yeah i mean you know kind of underrated overlooked there i'm like Hey, we actually got somebody with hang time that there's no returns, and you know, but the the unit, the blocking unit, it sure looked like one of them was going to get blocked on a couple right. of those punts. Oh, absolutely. There. I mean, Amari Rogers, I, you know, there was some talk too because I know Rich Basaccio was giving him a hard time in training camp for signaling fair catches a little bit too early in that, and it looked like a couple times he, he did that yesterday too. I don't yeah. know, you know, if 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 Basaccio is going to have a little talking to him or not, but. Pat O'Donnell, I mean, that that was – and then, hey, Mason Crosby got a kick for one extra point. So right. We know, the, we know the knee is stable. I was watching it in pregame. So. I was saying before that, uh, you know, he was he was booming them from 55. Man. And Joseph was hitting them from 65. I mean, it was no big deal. But mm-hmm. but Mason, it was he wasn't clearing a crossbar, like, putting it up in the net. Mm-hmm. He was getting it over from 55. Uh, but Joseph was kicking it from midfield and putting mm-hmm. it 10 yards up in the net. That's just a difference in leg strength between right. that younger guy versus Mason Crosby. But he was still accurate, mm-hmm. you know, in all the practice kicks, even working with the operation. Because at first you're using that little goofy tee. Right. And then you, after that, they're bringing everybody out. O'Donnell's out, and then the long snapper Coco mm-hmm. is out, and then they're all doing that early on in warm-ups. I don't think he missed. Yeah. I don't think he missed once yesterday. Good. So I was I was excited to at least see him be accurate. Right. But he's not going to win you a game with a 63-yard field goal. No. No, no, that's not going to happen. Where you could get that would from Joseph, but you're not going to get that yep. from Mason Crosby. Good stuff, man. Anything coming up on the uh, Dan Casper show and, and such out here in Eau Claire? You know, we're just living the dream, man. Yeah. Doing, doing it every morning here. So, yeah. you know, baseball brewers are still just hanging on a little bit there. That, and that it's two like, game outside of the wild card is just keeping people like a fish still yeah. hanging on to a worm. Isn't yep. It? Like the Padres going up against the Mariners now. It's like, okay, you know, maybe they the can Padres got beat by the Dodgers. Dodgers clinch. Yep. So the Dodgers are the West champs. Yep. So, and then, you know, you got the twins over there a little bit too, just to, yeah. just across the border, kind of keeping an eye on. It's pretty there. cool. I, the Ewing, you ever stayed at the Ewing hotel? Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a block away from Target, yep. which is pretty cool, and so you can literally walk over and go to Target Field mm-hmm. and catch a game and come back. So yeah, definitely, it's a place that if you're a Brewers fan, you ever want to go over that way when they have interleague, you got to go over and stay at the Hewing. It's a beautiful yeah, place. I stayed there once a couple of years ago. It's really nice. Yeah, really nice. It's it's very reminiscent of, and I tell people this all the time, of the Iron Horse Hotel in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. It's it's the exact same thing, and very similar ownership group too, where okay. they take these old industrial foundry buildings they renovate them turn them into hotels and make Mm -hmm. them very rustic and they're just really cool that place was actually i think a bank 
uh, a large bank on one side and industrial on the other because the safe was behind me last night. Oh, that's pretty sweet. The big safe door, they've <laughs> yeah. gutted the uh, lock on it, and now it's just a big storage closet. Nice. But the safe is there. So that's, that's, that's kind of cool with the big heavy door on it. Yeah. So not a bad way to go. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no anything problem. else? I don't think so. You know, yeah. Badgers, frustrating. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah, get into that. Yeah. that. That was just, that. yeah. What do you say, man? So yeah. give me your thoughts on Paul Chris. Uh, I will say we had a lot of listeners want him on the hot seat. I yeah. think uh, it's, it, the calls are picking up, and I think a lot of it has to do with Jimmy Leonard's kind of waiting in the wings. And, you know, you got the succession right there. You want mm-hmm. you don't want that guy to leave. I don't know if he would ever leave. I don't you know, think he ever would leave. I don't think either. I don't think he would do I know Paul Chris had to go to Pitt, then he came back and that right. sort of thing. But I don't think Jim Leonard needs to even do that, no, to, no. to be honest with you. So it's picking up, man. It's 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 really picking up yeah. here a little bit. Yep, a couple more, uh, couple more clunkers like that, and then the screams will be yeah. really, really loud. I was saying, uh, I had, I had said to uh, Ben Kenny today, I said that a very good friend of mine who's really, really close with the program said that there's starting to be the breath of this year and next year. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And with that yesterday's loss, I. You get a couple more clunkers, things begin to accelerate a little bit. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with the Badgers. Good stuff, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. Thanks there for having me. There you go. Me. Dan Casper joining us here in studios, in his studio, basically, although his studio is actually upstairs. But uh, joining us here. And I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Got a lot more to get to. Stick around. Bill Michael Show continues from WAYY out here in Eau Claire. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Like I mentioned, shuttles to the games. It is uh, what I've always called the Cheers of Milwaukee, and that is our friends over at Stenny. Second and National, Walker's Point. Stop in and tell them I said hi because uh, we, it's been a while since I've been down there. i got to get down there and say hi to everybody personally, but I'm going to be gone the rest of the week, but maybe next week we'll get in there. Um, but, uh, man, oh, man, just uh, great place to go. Great place to go. Uh, Jair Alexander spoke to the media after the game. So he says during a Q&A about the Packers covering Justin Jefferson, talking about Justin Jefferson's coverage after they made adjustments at halftime. Uh, we, we played a much better second half, but the first half he looked like a premier receiver in the league. What was the difference then in the second half? Uh, we just, we just uh, came together, caught everybody up, and just said, like, yo, we need to, we need to lock him down. Like, he getting too many yards. Like, that was it. So, <laughs> which is master of the obvious there. Two years in a row, this team comes out flat. Two years in a row, they take an ass beating. Two years in a row, they're on the road, and they just look unprepared. His thoughts on that? Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just like a fight. You know, you get hit in the, hit in the mouth. You know, you're either going back down or you're going to come out swinging. So, 
I'm not backing down from nothing, so I'm coming out swinging. And I expect the defense and the team to do the same thing. The confusion when it came to covering Justin Jefferson, specifically on the 36-yard touchdown catch, uh, just before the end of the half, um, you know, just or, uh, Jair Alexander talks about the confusion that they had in that secondary. No, just miscommunication. Um, you know, I, I can tell specifically, like, on over routes, you know, on that over route that he scored, like, I should have stayed on him. I was expecting cut help and didn't get it and shouldn't have expected it. So, you know, I should have stayed on him on that one over. But, you know, we got to tackle and get him down. Was that zone? Zone, yeah, it was zone, yeah. So he had said, look, you know, not concerned about it. And I, quite frankly, I'm not really either. We, we've seen it. Now, I'll, I'll caution you. I know Aaron Rodgers said, well, you know, happened last year, so I'm not going to be in panic mode. Last year's done. History does not repeat itself very often. And if it does, it's usually because of doom and gloom. So if you're going to have success, you've got to continue to evolve and mold and remake yourself and make it better. So the question to Jair is, why do you not have concern after a week one failure, after a week one failure against a division opponent? You know, I've said this before, like, anything can happen. You know, I, you know first game is always kind of like this, seemed like, for the past couple of years. So, you know, like I said, the, the biggest testament is see how we bounce back next week. Got to bounce back. Matt LaFleur asked why Alexander wasn't following Jefferson all around the field, had this to say. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily always work that way in terms of if you just commit to playing man coverage the whole game. Sure, you can do it, but they do a nice job of putting themselves in different positions, whether it's in the slot, whether it's in motioning. It seemed like he was in motion quite a bit, just moving him all over the place. I said that before. I said they moved him everywhere. You've got to give them credit. They put him in a premier spot and attacked our coverage well. And certainly we had a couple of blown coverages as well and where we're cutting them loose. If there's anybody you don't want to cut loose, it's number 18. We'll go back and look at the tape. Obviously, again, we have to coach much better. Never answer the question. Yeah, you can do that. He doesn't say but. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. What? Right? Very political answer there. Um, In other words, the Packers were playing a lot of zone. And they were hoping that they could just kind of cover him via zone. And Kirk Cousins was like, yeah, I was surprised. He said, quote, it would be a little bit surprised, yeah. Whenever he has a game at that magnitude, not because of him, but because you expect him to get taken away a little bit more than he was at times. Our coaches are trying to find ways to still keep him involved, meaning Justin Jefferson, and we're able to do that today. So it's going to be kind of a conversation we had a lot of last season, and we'll have this season each week as to how he's going to get defended. But they were surprised that the Packers didn't defend Justin Jefferson, and they went zone on him. When Jair Alexander said to Matt Schneidman and Rob Novoski of ESPN after the game, all week I was asking for the matchup, meaning him and Jefferson. But it ain't about me. It's about the team. It ain't about me. If it's this way, if, if, it, if it was my way, you know what I'd be doing. End quote. 
Alexander was not even the closest defender to Jefferson on any of his 11 targets. When he was on him, he didn't get targeted. Think about that. Safety, Darnell Savage Jr. He had three targets in that direction, two catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Rasul Douglas, three targets, three catches, 75 yards. Eric Stokes, two targets, two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Quay Walker, which is a complete mismatch, one target, 22 yards. Preston Smith, one target, one catch, five yards. Adrian Amos, one target, no catches. So, in other words, everybody got a shot at him. And the one time, two times, three times that Jair Alexander was in his area, never threw at him because the coverage was so good. And even the Vikings were surprised that the Packers played zone and did not go man up on Justin Jefferson. Think about that for a minute. That is something, my friends, that that, that uh, Barry, Joe Barry, has to answer for. Why would you do that? You got to explain. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Today's game, we might all need it, but that's our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com, and they had a, a little bit of a watch party yesterday, and they had some music up there over the weekend, and they're always doing fundraisers. They're always raising money in some way, shape, or form for uh, you know local things uh, in the Peshtigo area, but just a great place, and I, I can't tell you when I travel how many people say, I never knew about them. I tried this great loved it i tried this loved it i tried this wasn't a fan of this but love this that type of thing because everybody's got a different taste but forgotten fire winery is really cool because they don't give a damn about awards they win them you know they've got them they've got all you can walk into their their winery my god there's gold medals and silver medals everywhere but they just like having fun and they just like doing a little party and they just like enjoying what wisconsin's all about and there is nothing better right now than either popping a beverage because they sell some ciders and stuff, too. Or uh, grabbing a big glass of wine and just think about this. This time of year, yeah, maybe on a Saturday evening, you know, got friends coming over. Maybe you're heading over to somebody's house, bonfire, that type of thing. They had, they had actual s'mores in the press box yesterday with cinnamon marshmallows. Never even knew that existed. But s'mores, little wine, whatever it happens to be out of Forgotten Fire, the ciders, good stuff. This is the time of year for it, man. Big time. Big time. Check out our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. You can find them at your local grocery stores, wine stores, liquor stores. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Or stop up in Peshtigo. If you're going to go to the Northwoods, specifically if you're going to the Northwoods to check out the fall colors, stop into Forgotten Fire Winery and tell them we sent you, and they have a deal for you if you mention this program in my name. That's what you do. ForgottenFireWinery.com. Good stuff. Uh, I saw the meme yesterday uh, that was going around, and then they traded Devontae and left me with these bums, and I, I saw that. So for everybody that's sending it to me, thank you very much. I get it, yes, wholeheartedly. So time now for Stock Up and Stock Down. Ben, do we have music for this, Ben? 
So the liners, I wasn't able to Amazon Prime them. They are arriving tomorrow. Okay. So it, it is in the process of being put together. You're killing me. So let's start out. Give me your thoughts. Stock up. Let's go in that direction. My first from the week, and the loss is going to overshadow it, and it rightfully should. Wisconsin did not look good on Saturday. However, my official statement on how Graham Mertz played and how he has played this season, I'm about one week from being completely in on him as one of the premier quarterbacks in the Big Ten West. So his stock is way up after Saturday. What? He looked great. Tell me why. I he He's making yeah. throws that he just simply has not been making in the past. He was set up mm-hmm. by his offensive line and penalties and lack of a run game in numerous third and longs, third and 15, third and 17. He was fitting the ball into mm-hmm. tight windows. He didn't make, he made one semi mistake with the football, but he didn't have any glaring mistakes. He just looks eye test wise different. He looks like he has more command of the huddle, more command of the pocket, looks confident. Um, he had the two touchdown passes, obviously. The one pick, uh, you know, again, T- tell me about the pick because I did not. I, I got to admit, I was traveling and I, I did. I saw the touchdown. I saw the one touchdown, but I didn't see both of them, and I did not see the pick. So tell me about the pick. The touchdowns were complete dimes. The pick was late in the game. They're driving. Logan Brown, the right tackle, just got toasted off the line by a first-team All-Pac-12 edge rusher. And as Merch throws, he was hit, and the ball kind of fluttered up and was caught by a defensive lineman. So the mistakes came when his tackles just completely let him down. Yeah, see, I, I, when I was asking about that, there's not enough people out there objectively to say, oh, God, this wasn't terrible, it wasn't all his fault. It was just another pick, another, you know, and I said, well, I didn't get a chance to see the pick. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I got the game on my laptop. I just haven't had a chance to see it yet because I was traveling all day yesterday. So uh, I'm going to watch the game when I get to the hotel tonight. But uh, the dime that he threw, uh, I thought uh, on that uh, inside slant, or if you will, where he had a crossing pattern, He had a. Uh, it was actually an outside pass to the back right edge of the end zone going into the end zone. But he had a crossing pattern from two wide receivers, a tight end that broke out. And I thought it was a, a brilliantly designed play that opened him up for a touchdown. And it was just an absolute strike from Graham Mertz. So given the time and not under pressure, he actually looked pretty good. 18 of 31, 227 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Not a bad day at the office. Braylon Allen, 98 yards. Ches Malusi, 44 yards to back that up. It wasn't awful, but again, we go back to the offensive line wasn't great, and they just could not muster enough offense consistently to be able to sustain drives. And and just just an ugly loss to Washington State. Okay, stock down. Let's go there. My stock down of the week is corn. Uh, if many people have lives, and on Saturday night they were not like myself, spending it watching Georgia Southern go into Lincoln, Nebraska, and beat Scott Frost and end Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska. It's crazy that that program, $7.5 million is how much they could have saved on the buyout if they waited two weeks, but it was bad enough where they had to do it after that atrocity from Saturday. A wildly entertaining game, but corn is down this week. Corn is down this week. My stock up? 
Uh, Justin Fields. I thought he looked really good in the game with the Bears in just torrential conditions. He, again, has shown a little bit more poise. He has proven me wrong. Uh, he's not this most incredible, accurate passer, but he does a lot of things well, and uh, his leadership capability is, to me, beyond reproach. I, I, I just, uh, until he proves me, I, I, I keep saying until he proves me wrong, he keeps ascending, but I said he wasn't going to be that good from the very beginning, so he's proving me wrong, but his stock, in my opinion, is up. Stock down, my quarterback on my fantasy team, Joe oh, Burrow. Boy. Holy crap. Did he look bad? Now, it's going to go in conjunction with. I'm not giving it all the blame. But four picks yesterday. Then again, he did throw two touchdown passes. But four picks yesterday. Uh, He focuses at times, somewhat rightfully so, but let's be honest, he shouldn't focus consistently on Jamar Chase. Uh, I thought Tyler Boyd had a couple of open uh, looks yesterday. They had the game on right in front of me between that game and the Chicago game. I was watching both of them while I was sitting in the press box. But Joe Burrow... But that offensive line, it, we saw them get just destroyed in the game against the Rams in the Super Bowl. They're not much better. They still got a long way to go, a long way to go. So stock up, Justin Fields, stock down, Joe Burrow in the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals. What else do you have? My stock up of the week kind of goes in line with what you were saying. In the NFL, new hires in the north. I mean, the Bears get that win against the Niners. They look, They had some life. Definitely more than they had with Nagy. And then I was completely impressed by O'Connell and what the Vikings showed. So the new face is there. Looking good. Uh, stock up for me. Or let, let's do this. I'll say stock up uh, via the uh, the uh, the New York Giants. Uh, they get a win over the Tennessee Titans. And Saquon Barkley outrushed Derrick Henry, doubled up the yardage, looked good doing it, and a ballsy debut via their head coach as well in going for it. And he said all along, he said, look, I'm going to I'm gonna do whatever it takes. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to do everything we can to win. We're not going to just be happy with the status quo. And lo and behold, he wasn't kidding. So when you look at what they did yesterday and Brian Dable, uh, in his, or Dable in his debut, solid stock up for the New York Giants. Stock down, Dallas Cowboys. Every, there's Stinky. a reason that they, they just were awful last night in so many different facets now i understand don't get me wrong dak prescott ends up going down with the injury and cooper rush takes over and goes 7 of 13 but prior to that it was 14 of 29 134 yards and a pick zeke elliott 10 carries 52 yards why they quit giving it to him i have no idea none pollard only six carries eight yards no big deal but they quit running the football they got put in long down and distance situations but tom brady just churns it out. Now, he did have a pick, which really kind of crushed his quarterback rating, but Tom Brady just churns it out. Leonard Fournette, over 100 yards rushing that defense that was supposed to be so good for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, couldn't stop the run game. You had Mike Evans again with a touchdown yesterday. Godwin, three catches, 35 yards. Good to see him come back, but just stocked down the Dallas Cowboys. My God, just... It's almost like, you know, if ESPN wishes it, it comes true because it just seems like they've been looking to assassinate Mike McCarthy ever since he took over as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. That it? Anything else? I mean, it was a crazy weekend of college football. Everybody in and around the Texas A&M program is just an absolute creep to me. I don't know if you've ever seen the their hype video like from the night before. 
where this dude is yeah. up there telling a speech and telling weird jokes. They put out the one they gave before they were upset at home by Appalachian State, and it is incredibly cringy. And I, I don't know. Texas A&M is creepy. Uh, stock up real quick. Got one more? No. I mean, uh, I can't say anybody in the Big Ten stock is really rising. Uh, Iowa scored no. seven points again. Minnesota beat a bad team. Uh, Nebraska, as we mentioned. It's at Big Ten West. Tough start to the year. Stock down. Talk about Notre Dame. Oh, we are Marshall. Huh? Marcus Freeman's 0-3 as head coach. That's amazing that they've just fallen off that bad. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin out of the top ten, but yeah, it's uh, it's oof, not a good situation for uh, the Notre Dame fan. They started out at number five. Everybody felt they were a little bit too high, and Notre Dame now finds themselves out of the top twenty-five. Correct me if I'm wrong. Notre Dame's gone. I need to check out of out of the top twenty-five. I think they are. I think they're out of the top 25. I think they're down to like 30th or something like that. So Wisconsin's higher ranked than Notre Dame is, believe it or not, if you go by the others receiving votes. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame only get 35 votes, Wisconsin 43 votes. Florida State out of the top 25, Cincinnati out of the top 25, Appalachian State climbing, Air Force climbing, K-State climbing, uh, Mississippi State out, Washington State climbing. Oh, yeah. There you have it. But uh, bad, bad day. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Zedarius Smith of the Minnesota Vikings. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now... Here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose the opener to the Vikings 23-7 here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Green Bay tried to go deep on the first play from scrimmage and what could have been a 75-yard bomb for a touchdown to rookie Christian Watson, but he dropped it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough, obviously, um, but I mean, it's the first one. I mean, you don't know how many uh, how many more you're going to have, but I mean, you're assuming there's going to be a lot more. Obviously, it's the first one, so I mean, it, obviously, it was tough. It's a play that I know I can make, so I just go, go forward knowing that, you know, I've made that play, uh, you know, times in the past and, and I'm going to make it next time it comes my way. The Packers only score on a short touchdown run by A.J. Dillon, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot of opportunities to score more than seven. On defense, the Packers couldn't keep up with wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who ended the day with nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns, and nearly scored a third with safety Adrian Amos in coverage. No, it, it just shows you the magnitude of the real season. When you bust two times, that's two big plays. That could be a change of the whole game. Uh, when you do that, this is the result, and, and that's what happened, and, and we got the result that, you know what I'm saying, we earned out there. We, we, we earned that loss out there. So up next, the Packers host the Bears on Sunday night football, Chicago beating the 49ers 19-10. The Vikings head to Philly to face the Eagles on Monday night football, and 37-year-old Kevin O'Connell becomes the first Vikings head coach in 20 years to beat the Packers in his debut since Mike Tice in 2002. Uh, As a first-time head coach, uh, we set out a long time ago on this journey from the off-season program uh, into training camp uh, all the way through this last couple weeks of preparation. Uh, with a mindset on today. That's Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
Burn Pit Barbecue. They are a uh, veteran-owned company based right here in the state of Wisconsin. We're seeing Wisconsin, to be exact. And I know that uh, tailgate season is barbecue season, which pretty much lasts all season long, all year long, all year long. But uh, if you're looking for good sauces, both barbecue sauces, hot sauces, different rubs, they uh, they got it going on. One of the best small businesses, veteran-owned businesses, not just here in our own backyard, but in the country as it continues to grow. And they can't do it without your help. And uh, if you want, uh, and you get a great product, mind you. This is not like a donation. This is a great product. Just if you're a barbecuer, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. And uh, you can uh, look at all that they have to offer as well as place an order if you choose to do so. So some good stuff from our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue, burnpitbbq.com. A couple of emails that I wanted to get to. Real quick, um, this one is, uh, oh, nope, that's a different one. Here we go. Uh, Matt says, did anyone ask Zedarius why he balked at shaking hands at the coin flip? He reportedly stood behind his teammates until the Packers captains walked over to shake his hand. If that's true, it's somewhat childish by him. Matt didn't even see it, man. Didn't even see it. I. That's good question. If anybody else saw that, let me know. I, I, I didn't see it. So that was a... That's a great question. Uh, Tyson says, I was at the game. There was a decent amount of green and gold in the stands, and the Packers fans were loud on the first drive. The Go Pack Go chant you could hear in the whole stadium. I really think the Packers should have received the ball first to keep the fans alive. Deferring has become the thing because statistically speaking, deferring the football most times, if you're successful, you got the ability to – it's kind of a slingshot effect because you should be able to get the ball uh, in the last drive of the second half or the first half. And then when you defer, you also get the ball back on the first drive of the second half. Had the Packers not thrown the interception, they would have still had the ball. They could have scored. They could have come back, got the ball back, and then scored again. So you see what I'm saying? That's the reason most teams are now deferring. It used to be you wanted the ball first. You wanted to score first. You wanted to set the tone. And now teams are deferring, and they have been for a long time now. Uh, as teams kind of sabermetrically, statistically got, you know, percentage-wise got the numbers. But I heard the go-pack-go chance. It was because the, the press box is open air. So they leave the windows. There aren't, there are, I shouldn't say leave the windows. There aren't any windows. So we can hear everything in the stadium just like you can. And, and I'll, again, I'll say this. They put on one hell of a production one hell of a production in minnesota uh, i give them credit for that with the videos the sound is just so tuned in the uh the big you know announcer guy um you know with a deep voice and he does so much not just in minnesota but so much all over um they they put on a hell of a production but the packers just never match the energy we're going to hear from one of the guys that did have energy yesterday. Speaking of Zedarius Smith, we're going to hear his conversation coming up uh, from after the ball game coming up next. And also, don't forget, we're only about 20 minutes away. Mike Clemens is going to join us as well as we'll go through the tape. We'll go through the questions. We'll go through the breakdown and the analysis. All coming up about 20 after. Stay tuned. Mike Clemens is going to join us here in just a few. Stay tuned with a lot more to come. The Bill Michael Show continues. More right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.